Good morning, comrades, and welcome to another week of Workers' Power here on 4ZZZ, where uh, you are listening to, we've got the, the, your host, Bill Calypso Jackson, and we've also got uh, a couple of our, our work experience uh, uh, workers in here um, today, uh, William, Will, and and Charlotte. Yes. Welcome aboard. Uh, um, and uh, thank you to Artcart for another fantastic show. And uh, thank you to Zedlines for bringing us up to date on the news. Um, today on the show, we are discussing some uh, important events and uh, workers' uh, action across the continent and around the globe. And, of course, the world-famous Scallywag of the Week. Now, the track that we played uh, just after Zedlines, uh, that was uh, uh, Coal Falls, Ipswich Locals. Um, their, their track from 6 to 1. Uh, yes, so the Ipswich Locals um, from my neck of the woods. And they've got a great new uh, record out. Right, well, first off, uh, as always, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land from which we broadcast, the Yuggera and Turrbal people. This land was stolen, never ceded. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. We also acknowledge all First Nation comrades listening today. We stand in solidarity with First Nations people in their struggles for recognitions, reparation and land rights. We live and benefit on stolen land. It's time to pay the rent. Okay, and uh, we'll be paying the rent by uh, um, reporting on some First Nations workers' action. And we've got... Uh, oh, this is a bit of an event uh, from, from out at Deeping Creek. Who's, who's up first? Are you up, Calypso? Yeah, I'll go. Deeping Creek, the Tullamore Truth and Healing Embassy, is offering truth and healing circles at the Deeping Creek Protection Site. A full-day introductory program is being offered and presented by elders, on-site protectors and local community members as an informal gathering for allies, accomplices and supporters to gain an insight of the movement to protect Deeping Creek. Through sharing the true history of Deeping Creek site, you will be able to gain an awareness and understanding of the significance of protecting the land from further development. It is sometimes untruths, guilt and fear that create inaction. Once two-way sharing occurs, then healing can start for people and country. These sessions are open to anyone interested, but you must RSVP at the Facebook event page, Tulma Truth and Healing Embassy Truth and Circle Healing. The protection camp will provide tea and coffee. Event guests are encouraged to bring something to share for lunch. We will be bringing Vigo sausages to barbecue and share. Please make sure you register your attendance on the event itself. Those who want to join the carpool and minibus convoy can register on the Facebook event made by John O'Shree. We will be meet in the car park of Gabba Ward office and travel together as a convoy to Deeping Creek Protection Camp. Please arrive at 8.30am as we will be leaving at 8.45am sharp. The trip is roughly 45 minutes long and we are aiming to get back to the Gabba Ward office by 4.30pm. Registrations close midnight Thursday 24th of June. Yes, uh, I'd be going out to that but I've got a meeting all day Sunday. That's this Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I've got a meeting all day, otherwise I'd be heading out there. I've, I've actually um, done one of these um, uh, Truth in, in, in Healing Days and uh, a Truth in Healing Circle, and uh, it's a very, very powerful day, so I encourage any comrades 
who want to uh, know more and get involved in the action out at Deving Creek uh, to uh, find out more details. Uh, the, that Facebook uh, um, event page again is Toolmar, spelt T-O-O-L-M-O-O-R, Truth and Healing Embassy, uh, the Truth and Healing Circle. Uh, so get on out there. Come out my way and, uh, you know, stand up and fight back for uh, um, First Nations workers who are um, uh, trying to stop uh, some beautiful, beautiful land out there being developed. Okay, so the next up we've got... Oh, here we go. Suppression of First Nations votes. Um, Jackson, can you... Yeah. Uh, so two Indigenous men from Arnhem Land have made an official complaint to the Australian Human Rights Commission this week. The complaint alleges voter suppression is taking place throughout remote regions of Australia through indirect discrimination by the Australian Electoral Commission. This complaint comprises three discrete uh, complaints about the Commissioner's performance of function and exercise of powers under the Act in relation to the maintenance of the Commonwealth electoral roll and by arrangement the Northern Territory electoral roll in respective residents of Aboriginal communities who do not receive mail delivery directly to their residents, um, particularly the Commissioner's policy that he will not use the direct enrolment update power in the Act for such residents. Um, the maintenance of the Commonwealth electoral roll and by arrangement the Northern Territory electoral roll in respective residents of Aboriginal communities who do not have enumerated street addresses, um, particularly the Commissioner's practice whereby the lot numbers, if extant and known, which identify the specific place of living for such residents are not recorded on the roll, and the Commissioner's differential treatment whereby residents of sizable Aboriginal communities in the electorate of Lingari in the 2019 federal election and earlier elections had a polling booth for voting on or prior to polling day for a substantially shorter time than was provided for other comparable towns in Lingari. The complainants, backed by the Maritime Union of Australia and the United Workers' Union, are concerned that the AEC is substantially undermining the voting rights and power of Indigenous people. MUA National Indigenous Officer Thomas Mayer said it is alarming that the AEC is has adopted a policy that system systematically reduces the voting power of Indigenous people at federal elections. People who have their direst need to be heard in this country. The AEC must urgently change this discriminatory policy so that Indigenous people are better able to reach a ballot box during elections and so that they are no longer turned away at the ballot box en masse. Complainant Matthew Ryan, mayor of the West Arnhem Council, said all forms of discrimination must stop. The AEC needs to take rapid action to enrol the third of Indigenous people in the Northern Territory who are not able to vote. Complainant Ross Moundy, chair of chairman of Yalu in Gallywinku, said, I've worked on elections for years. There's always people turning up who are not able to vote. If the AEC did its job properly, this could stop right now. United Workers Union Aboriginal and Torres Strait organizer Wayne Kernoth said our members in Aboriginal communities like Ross Mandy need to be need every opportunity to be heard. These communities have been left behind because politicians just don't care. It is the AEC's role to make sure Aboriginal people have their say. This is very alarming. It is. Mm. You hear about this sort of crap in in America, where the poor suburbs, it's it, it's harder to vote. You know, there's less places to go and vote, and you hear, 
you know, you don't uh, you don't often hear about it happening here in Australia, but it obviously is. Voting um, is compulsory here. So I think that there's definitely an obligation to make sure voting is accessible to everyone if it's a compulsory requirement. If there's only one polling booth in this electorate and it's open for shorter hours, that's definitely going to affect the amount of people able to turn up, especially people with children or work. That really limits the amount of time that they have free to vote and they may not be able to request time off just to go to the polling booth if they need the money to make rent. That's right. And, uh, like, uh, there's... We're for, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not from the city. I'm from the, suburb, the suburbs. But there's just so many... It, it, it's so easy to... to so easy have, in the city. I'm yeah. from the city. And, uh, you know, like, you could just imagine, that, you know, like, you head up far north Queensland and Northern Territory and, you know, WA and the like, the tyranny of distance, you know. Um, but uh, what, so what they've got to do is they've got to put pl- things in, in place so that it, it makes it easier for... Uh, They'd be for able voters. to do that. They're choosing not to. This is blatant corruption. They're deciding that they want to hear the votes of certain people, but not others. They want to hear the votes of people who live in cities, but they don't want to hear the votes of people who live in rural Northern Territory. And who lives in rural Northern Territory? Yep, a lot of uh, First Nations people. So, yes, uh, um, hopefully the uh, they've got a mayor of the West Arnhem Council up there standing up for them. So... Uh, Hopefully, uh, you know, the AEC listen and, and, and with the, the next federal election coming along, a very, very important one in the history of our nation. Um, uh, yes, uh, we'll, we'll uh, hopefully that it's all fixed up. Okay, one one more little... Uh, we've got a, a Jaki Kandu update. Uh, for They had a cultural exchange um, uh, on the 19th and 20th of June. That's last weekend. The Kabi Elders and Tribal Garden, Guardians of Ajaki welcomed visitors from other tribal nations and wider Australia for the weekend. Uh, they also had visitors from overseas who came to experience Kabi culture and ancient cultural heritage, Ajaku Kandu. Right, so oh, that's uh, up uh, the... Um uh, up near the Sunshine Coast, uh, that action. And uh, there's uh, another one. Uh, we got we we gave an a, 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 an update on New Reader last week. We'll uh, we'll see if we can get you updated on on what's happening um, down near. Um, that's the north coast of New South Wales, down uh, west of Coffs Harbour. There's another action there. So we'll look for an update next week. We'll move on to some workers' action now, and uh, we've got a story here. Um, a new laws that target delivery riders, not safety. Um, We've got this from Jim McElroy in the green left. Jackson can talk us through. Food delivery riders and the Transport Workers Union say that proposals for new laws to target and find them will make their work less safe and let Uber and Deliveroo off the hook. Drivers are concerned that the New South Wales government intends to use police to target them and make their work less safe. At a protest outside the New South Wales Parliament on June 16th, Riders called for the proposals to be dumped and for laws to be enacted, which address the real cause of the risks to safety, the lack of regulation of their work rights. The riders held placards which read, Gladys, no more silence, we need rights. I support rights for riders and fighting for our rights in the on-demand economy. The Transport Workers Union Assistant National Secretary Nick McIntosh said that 
the government had promised action over the deaths of five delivery riders over the past year, and but that a task force had found that the fault was on the drivers themselves, absolving the companies of responsibility. He said blaming the most vulnerable workers for this safety crisis was wrong. The real problem is with the tech giants who run the food delivery industry, adding we don't need more police harassment of riders, but rather minimum conditions, better rates of pay and safety on the job. On June 5th, Minister for Better Regulation and Innovation, Minister for Transport and Roads, Kevin Anderson, announced that new laws would include a penalty, a new penalty system to crack down on repeated unsafe practices. The proposals include food delivery riders being given police issue identification numbers. The Transport Workers Union and riders withdrew from a task force into rider safety in April because of the government's silence on riders' concerns about exploitation, unrealistic time pressures and the need for minimum pay and protections. Riders are today asking the New South Wales government to call off the hounds, GW National Secretary Michael Caine told the protest. Blaming and targeting riders over the symptoms of dangerous exploitation will only exacerbate the pressures they face. Riders are speaking from experience when they say fines will force them to rush, work longer hours and ultimately take more risks. Kane described the statistics as alarming. Three in every four riders are buying unsafe bikes and helmets because they can't afford the safer alternatives. Plying riders with fines is clearly not going to solve this problem, but will certainly make it a lot worse. (sighs) Ronan, there's uh, one major difference for all our uh, list well the majority of our listeners will be Queenslanders um, that uh, what we've got is uh, there's different laws in New South Wales so the the main difference uh, would be uh, is that um, you're not allowed on the footpaths down in New South Wales on a push bike oh right yeah, not allowed on on the on the push bike or on the on the footpaths at all. When I moved up here to Queensland, and someone nearly knocked me off on the footpath, what, what the hell's going on here? You know, so yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll just be um, uh, the, the the cops can just you know harass the workers and just have them uh, uh, as soon as they go anywhere near a footpath, uh, boom. Fine, gotcha. Let's mm. also not forget that a majority of these uh, workers doing food delivery are not white. So I think that definitely plays mm. a role in the way that the cops are hassling them. Yeah. A lot of them are um, immigrants. Yeah, yeah. My, you know, it's precarious work, you know, and quite often, you know, uh, um, y- yeah, new, mar- new immigrants um, end up in doing the work. In other industries, the employer supplies you with the equipment that you need to do your job safely. Well, yeah, in other industries, um, they actually call you an employee. Yeah. (laughs) These workers are exploited and they deserve better. They do. They sure do. Yeah, this is, like, so biased towards uh, the employers that it's, like, silly. It, It almost seems silly, like... Yeah, no, it's not. It's not the ridiculous pressures the employees are placing on you. It's the fact that you're acting unsafe at work. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're forced to. You have to meet yeah. certain times, or you get sacked. We've seen that in a previous story we've reported on, haven't we? Yeah. 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 The, yeah. They were too to, slow just yeah, by slow. you know yeah. not wanting to get hit by a car. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there's some, some, some of these workers and you, and you see them travelling around town taking risks. I think they're just, you know, taking a risk just getting on the roads on those bikes. But, uh, um, yeah, they And it's ta- exhausting work. Yeah. And when you're riding tired, that, that it creates danger. These people risk their lives to get us our Uber Eats. 
I I definitely have much more respect for the person delivering my food and wanting to give me good service than I do for the tech giants that just sit there collecting money into their bank accounts without helping me at all. Yep, spot on. And you know, it, it makes you think. What 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 is the New South Wales government getting out of the, you know the, these uh, employers? Mm. You know, um, if anything. You know, and uh, quite quite often in, in activism, and you, you you go to meetings and you're doing planning. There's there's always one, and I, to their credit, you know, there's always someone who who poke up and go, "We've got to follow the money." You got to follow the money, you know. Where, where's the money going? So, I'd be quite interested to uh, to have a look at uh, Liberal Party donations coming from uh, uh, rideshare uh, companies. You know, yeah, because be there re- is such a clear bias here. It, it is, and you, and you go, well, what, 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 what? How, how is the state, and how, how are the people benefiting um, for the government to be uh, um, so? Uh, uh, um, flexible and forthcoming um, to to these um, providers, and uh, yes, uh, go after the workers. You know, as per usual. Um, uh, yes. All right. Well, we we shall move along. We we've got a uh, another story here with uh, disability workers that are fighting privatisation. Calypso. Yes. All right. More than 1,200 disability support workers employed by the Department of Human Services will launch industrial action across South Australia today in their fight against the Marshall Liberal government's privatisation agenda. Those fellow workers join health hero hospital workers who continue to take action in eight hospitals across the state. The actions by disability support workers, which have been carefully designed not to impact support for people living with a disability, include not filling out vehicle logbooks, wearing campaign material at work, and handing out campaign materials to visitors and family members. Further, disability support workers will end practices that have seen their goodwill exploited by the government by ensuring that they only perform their work duties when they are being paid to do so. United Workers Union Public Sector Director Demi Nevmatikos said the workers have been on the front line supporting South Australia's most vulnerable during the COVID-19 pandemic and deserve to be treated with respect. Today's escalation of industrial action follows in the footsteps of our health heroes who began work bans in April and are also having their conditions attacked by the Marshall Liberal Government, Ms Nevmatikos said. The workers want guaranteed job security to ensure they can continue to deliver quality support for people living with disabilities in our community. Disability workers in South Australia have first-hand experience of the Marshall Liberal government's privatisation agenda. Less than three years ago, the Marshall Liberal government tried to privatise disability support work in South Australia. This is in addition to recent statements by Liberal Treasurer Rob Lucas that he's keeping his options open to privatise parts of the state's health services with ensuing cuts to jobs and services. Disability Support Officer Jefferson Newdy said, During the uncertainty of COVID-19, we continue to provide support to South Australians with disabilities in a job where we can't socially distance. And in return, the government won't rule out privatisation of services. 
In 2020, in light of the crisis the public health system was potentially facing, workers volunteered to roll over their agreement, maintaining the status quo to keep the community safe and ensure a consistency of service. The Marshall Liberal government discounted this act of good faith, instead seeking the removal of job security and the removal of redundancy, redeployment and retaining provisions. Workers are fighting to retain their current conditions and receive a modest and fair pay increase so they can return to delivering quality support for patients and people living with a disability. Right, I'm good on these workers uh, for standing up and fighting back. It's so it's so tough for them because they're such a caring workforce. They don't want to leave uh, these. Uh, well, uh, they're, they're striking know. while still providing their work. That's right, and uh, kind of like a uh, it's nearly a work to rule. You know, not filling out vehicle logbooks, uh, uh, wearing campaign material at work, and handing out campaign materials to visitors and family members, and just to uh, you know raise that awareness and. And um, then the other one, I like that they only perform their work duties when they are being paid to do so. That is incredibly reasonable. That is good. What, it's a bit silly that that's a strike so, thing. I know, right. <laughs> that, I know. So workers do work and they don't get paid for it? Oh, God, there should be a radio show about they're that. They're just doing their job <laughs> that they are getting paid to... They're doing the job that they are paid to do, their job that they're being paid to do. Yes, so the uh, the thing I got is from and that's said a the industrial action they were taking was called a doorstop. At least I think that's what it was referring to. Do you know what that is? A, do- a doorstop. Yeah. No, I've, been, I've only ever heard that in like a uh, um, uh, interviews, doorstop interviews, okay. and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Never mind then. I guess it was referring to something else. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is like um, it. It doesn't make a sense at all to privatize disability support it services because that's not profitable even. people with disabilities already pay so much money as well hmm. for like their services this is this is ridiculous and these disability support workers they're clearly providing the quality care while they're striking and that that makes me very happy and every time we report on another group of workers going on strike it just makes me feel really happy i hope they get a win hmm. i hope they get a fair pay rise i hope they get better working conditions because that will not only improve the quality of life of these disability workers but also the disabled people receiving their care they will get a higher quality of care hmm. right on that's spot on you've summed it up really really well there calypso so um We'll, we'll rip into uh, we'll rip straight back into uh, workers' action, where we've got um, fourteen medivac refugees uh, that have begun a hunger strike uh, down in uh, Nam. I think this so- story comes from and Jackson. You can elaborate for me. Sure thing. So, fourteen refugees brought from Menas and Nauru under the medivac legislation in 2019 have begun a hunger strike in the Melbourne Immigration Transit Accommodation Detention Centre. The hunger strike began on Thursday night, uh, the 17th of June, and is now into the third day. Why is the government torturing us for nine years? One of the MITRE hunger strikers said, We want to know what is the difference between us and the other medivac refugees who were released six months ago. We can't be in detention anymore. About 100 medivac refugees were released into the community between December 2020 and February 2021. Yet despite government announcements that all medivac refugees would be released, none have been released since February. 
Around 90 Medivac refugees are still being held in hotels and detention centres in Adelaide, Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. As well, there are people brought for medical treatment after the repeal of the Medivac legislation still held in closed detention in Sydney and Darwin and Adelaide. Two of the Medivac refugees who have been held in the Melbourne Hotel detention for the last two years are flying from Sydney to the US tomorrow. Uh, that was the t- 21st of June yesterday uh, to be resettled, but 33 m- remain in the Park Hotel in Melbourne. All of the Medivac refugees must be released, said Ian Rintle from the Refugee Action Coalition. In many cases, the government has not even provided medical treatment they w- were brought to Australia to re- receive. After detention on Menace and Nauru, and two years of detention in Australia, every day in detention worsens their mental distress. They need freedom. They sure do. Now, also in this space, uh, make sure you hang around for when we uh, discuss events uh, later on in the show, in the second half of the show. Uh, we've got, uh, there's a rally at Bida, which is the Brisbane International... Or it, it, the, the Brisbane Immigration, um, Transit the, Accommodation. Yeah. Yes, the the refugee jail. Um, the the plan concentration uh, camp. Concent- yes, that's mm. the one. Um, so yeah, we've got more details of of a, a, a rally being held uh, this Sunday. So uh, stick around for that. And uh, yeah, it's amazing the, the the lengths that these workers will go to to. Um, uh, y- you know, to to uh, for their for their own freedoms and standing up for their own rights, and uh, you know, hunger strike is a is a massive step. Massive. There is zero reason why these people should be detained. Yeah. They've already well, there is one reason. It's because it makes profit for uh, Serco, who okay uh, for Serco, but it doesn't make profit for the Australian taxpayer. Hmm. We're paying so much money per refugee per year for them to be held. In, de- in detention for no reason. The government said they were going to release all of them. They haven't. I think they were trying to release a few just to get everyone to shut up about it. Mm. But these people will be in detention nine years this year for nothing. Yeah. No reason. And it, it, it doesn't profit Australians at all. Yes, but it does profit the government, which is why they're still there. <gasps> yeah. Yes, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's all po- they're political. It's all political and, it's ter- yeah, terrible. 33 remain in the Park Hotel in Melbourne. You know, there's some out at Brisbane. But, um, yeah, yes, like I said, stick, uh, stick around and we'll tell you more about the uh, how you, yes, you at home, uh, you can stand up and fight back and join, join other workers in standing up for these, uh, uh, ref- these workers. Um, and their bid for freedom. Okay, we will uh, move on to uh, job seeker rights at risk under sham mutual obligation rule change. Uh, welfare groups warn. Calypso. Yeah, I claim this one. Uh, job seekers could have their rights weakened, and some will lose hundreds of dollars in payments under a government plan to update mutual obligation rules. Welfare groups have warned, including my welfare group. The Anti-Poverty Network. The Morrison government is seeking the Senate's support for a bill 
It says streamlines social security law and is aimed at reducing the administrative burden for okay. welfare recipients. But a key change is that people who are required to do their job search through the government's online employment services system will only receive their first welfare payment after they sign a job plan. The Department of Employment has told a Senate inquiry examining the bill that this will ch change will affect about... 144,000 job seekers each year with each to lose $450 in payments on average. Like, $450 real quick. How much is your rent? Hey. Yeah. That's because government data shows it takes 10 days on average for job seekers to sign up to a plan. Australian Council of Service, Service Principal Advisor... <laughs> Peter Davidson said the change represented a budget cut that would put people under severe pressure to agree to a job search plan. Severe pressure indeed, pressure of not having a place to live, yeah. hey. The government argues the change brings online job seekers in line with those in the Job Active program. But ACOSS said... People in the latter scheme are paid when they attend a meeting with a provider, not when they sign their job plan. The Anti-Poverty Centre, a research group run by Social Security re recipients, also claims the change was a sham. Backdating payments to when a job plan is signed means people who have limited access to technology are uncertain about requirements, have questions, or just want to adjust their job plan will effectively receive a financial penalty, it said in an inquiry submission. ACOSS also warns the legislation appears to remove or water down protections from unreasonable requirements for job seekers such as single parents, people with disability and mature-aged workers. It argues the bill means vulnerable job seekers might not have access to reduced job search requirements because job plans would be increasingly automated, a claim the government denies. A range of safeguards will also be in place to ensure that job seekers' circumstances are taken into account and they are receiving the right support. Doubts over the practical impact of what experts say is a complicated piece of legislation have also prompted calls for the bill to be delayed. The ACTU, Anglicare, the Council of Single Mothers and Their Children, Economic Justice Australia and People with Disability Australia are among the groups that have raised concerns about the changes. The bill is expected to save 191.6 million dollars over four years by reducing job seekers first payments through melissa ryan a department of education skills and employment first assistant secretary said last week the figure could be lower if the change had the desired behavioral effect the intent of the measure is for job seekers to connect quickly and in the case of online job seekers who are the most job ready the behavior that we want to see is them engaging with online digital services, she said. If the legislation passes the Senate, the changes would come into effect in July next year. The Senate's inquiry report is due to be tabled on Friday. I have to say, do we want this system to be even more automated than it already is? It's so automated and we know that it's not working. Have you ever tried to call up Centrelink and then like they're... they're computer voice thing doesn't recognize your name so you, you have to hang up and then you try calling back and it doesn't work or how about all of those automations that gave people an imaginary robot debt 
a debt that didn't exist in the first place and that texted them multiple times a day, every time a day, to tell them that they were thousands of dollars in debt, which drove people to suicide in the masses. This happened recently. Now it's happening again. They want to automate it so that they can reduce accountability. They can say, no, it wasn't us. It was just the machine. The machine messed up. Oh, there's a problem with the, oh, the computer. Oh, no, no. We want accountability. And they're reducing? The, the reducing of $450 is so, so significant, okay? That's rent for some people. That's food for some people. Without that, people are going to literally die. And this is going to happen July next year if we don't stop it. People are already dying in poverty. We need to do something about it. That's why everyone needs to join APN. Just saying. Uh, that's right. The, the, the line here, the bill is expected to save 191 million dollars over four years this is money coming from the from unemployed people so mm. oh yeah let, yeah 191 million dollars <laughs> this is coming from the most vulnerable you know uh, who needs uh, more uh, money i think i need i think scott morrison needs more money i think he wants another mansion maybe another yacht <laughs> hey or, or another holiday uh, there must be a national disaster yeah. happening uh him he, he needs another holiday i need to take a deep breath but the thing I want to pinpoint here is um, how Melissa Ryan said the figure could be lower if the change had the desired behavioural effect. Behavioural effect. Yeah, that word, behaviour, that's what you say to a child. I'm not impressed with your behaviour. They're treating us like children. Yeah, that that basically shows like what the entire um, welfare system is really about. It's not about helping people who don't have jobs. It's about controlling them. It's about making sure that they fall in line and get a job as fast as possible lest they go hungry and starve and, and lose their house and whatever. Yes, uh, but uh, we, we will be standing um, uh, in solidarity with uh, those uh, that, that are most vulnerable and, uh, and so will Anti-Poverty Network. I'm sure they'll have a few, request, few things to say. Related to this story, can we play Last Quoker Privilege? Toughen up and get a real job. We can play it in the second second half. Hell I've, yeah. I've got it lined up. Yes, I can I can do that. Right, uh, we we will move on now. And uh, just uh, there's been a, 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 a late, late last night there was a, 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 a message sent out uh, uh, in regards to Willow Groves and, and the uh, Save Willow Grove action. Last Wednesday, the New South Wales Land and Environment Court dismissed action taken by a Parramatta Residents Action Group who have challenged the validity of Infrastructure New South Wales Environmental Impact Statement for the Powerhouse Parramatta Project. The action group argued that heritage considerations had not been adequately accounted for in the selection of the site and the design of the museum, which will necessitate necessitate the removal of a 140-year-old mansion, Willow Grove, currently protected by a green ban. The legal proceedings were always the plan B, Susan Mead from the Action Group said. Plan A has always been the passion and, and the power of the community and unions working together. In the spirit of Jack Mundy, a CFMEU green ban will save this site and Willowgrave will remain on Phillips Street, Parramatta forever. 
Any government attempt to break the ban could potentially lead to widespread industrial action from unions across the state. The New South Wales Secretary of the CFMEU, Darren Greenfield, warned last Wednesday with 24-hour surveillance of the site continuing to ensure construction does not proceed. And as I mentioned, reported last night, there was an action alert. The CFMEU green ban had been breached. Demolition work had started on a willow grove. Defend the green ban. Urgent picket, 34 Phillip Street, Parramatta, from 6am Tuesday morning. That's this morning. So... um, yeah, they're, they're uh, out there fighting now. Um, Good was, luck to all our comrades was, down there. That's right. Uh, I was trying to... I've only got... I've got limited contacts in Sydney these days. Uh, I couldn't get through to one, but uh, we will try and uh, um, ascertain um, what happened down there and report it to you next week. Right, I've yeah. got an app song... Uh, so, yeah, um, good luck to the uh, green banners and shame on the scabs who've gone in and started destroying the place. Yeah, that's right, no guts, no spine, never cross a picket line, is uh, what we chant here on Workers' Power for Triple Z. Okay, right, so we'll, we'll, we'll move on to our show and we're on to some international uh, workers' action. Now, uh, Indigenous uh, Community sets up uh, barricades uh, to defend a communal territory in Zuhan, Mexico. Now, Will, you're going to brave it and give it a go. Talk us through it. Yeah, all right. Um. All right, so um, in a communique from civil and communal authorities of Zeroen, Michigan, accompanied by the signatures of 25 Indigenous communities, the Supreme Count- Indigenous Council of Michigan, hashtag CSIM, announced that the community of Zeroen has installed barricades in order to defend their communal territory. In 2004, the verse Zapatista uh, Caracol outside of Chiapas was created in Zihuahuan, denominated Caracol, eruption in rebellion in the Blue Lake of Zihuahuan. Afterwards, in April of 2006, the Zapatista Army of National Liberation and the National Indigenous Congress visited their community and expressed their support for community members in defense of the forests and lake. Today, the community has declared that the struggle for territory, forest, and a life carried out by community members of Zirawan continues. They have declared that the community possesses the original titles and collective possession of their lands. However, they publicly denounce that certain individuals in, con- in collusion with the judicial power of Michigan are trying to de- dispossess them of their community territory known as Tem- Tepamia, I think, an area that the community has reforested during the last 40 years. The community revealed that recently the judicial power decided to provisionally hand over the communal territory of Tepamio to individuals without the community being able to exercise their right to an appropriate and timely legal defence. In response, the community of Zirawan has maintained in resistance and struggled since this past June 10, setting up barricades in the community to prevent the provisional possession by individuals that seek to impose tourist mega-projects in a communal zone of reforestation. Finally, the community demanded an end to the criminalization of territorial defense in Zirawan and an end to the dispossession of the communal territory. 
they have made an attentive and respectful call out to the social union, student and indigenous organisations to support and accompany this dignified historical struggle for the defence of territory, forests and life in Zirawan. In a decision made in a General Assembly of Authorities that make up the Supreme Indigenous Council of Michigan, it is foreseen that in the following days they will set up roadblocks on highways throughout the state of Michigan. Well done, what do you reckon? Oh. Well done. I, I, I look, that's that's your that's a pretty pretty big debut uh, there. Well done, oh, Will. That was hard to read. <laughs> that's right. I, I think uh, you, you could do ten years of radio, and uh, that'd still be the hardest story that you'd, you'd read there. Uh, oh. So really, really well done. Um, yeah. We could have picked something a bit easier for you, but uh, we we like to throw workers in the deep end here. <laughs> workers, Bella. Uh, yeah. Well done, well done, Thank and you uh, for letting me speak. No worries. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming along and contributing to the show. Uh, we uh, like to encourage uh, young workers uh, always, and uh, uh, th- this. Uh, this one, uh, this action, Jackson, it, uh, it seems to be the community organising. That's yeah. what we like to see. Yeah, yeah it's uh, uh, it's an, an extension, or, well, no, it's uh, independent of, but it's like a part of the Zapatista struggle where they have basically an independent territory in the south of uh, Mexico uh, where the community hold power. There's, like, the government... Like they're fighting against the government there, but like they are the uh, the community are the main power in the region instead of the government, mm-hmm. and it's uh, really awesome. And uh, this Zirahun is the like new is a, is a recently created uh, part of the um, of like the group of ter- um, independent territories there, and uh, like so they've got a bit more struggle to work with. Um, but so yeah, you see, like here, the uh, government is trying to take back the land, but they they are still working to defend it, and it's really cool of them. Good work. Yeah, we always like our workers standing together in solidarity, and that's the way that uh, um, we 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 achieve a better better society. You know, history tells us that uh, um, you know all these things that we enjoy today, they they weren't given to us uh, out of the kindness of the bosses and government's art. Uh, workers fought for it, you know. So, on them. Mm. and another important part here is um, they're also it's uh, they're also trying to protect their environment. Like they've had a huge reforesting project going on with uh, like this group in particular, um, which the um, which the government is threatening to destroy with these uh, tourist mega mega projects. Yes, right on. All right, we're going to uh, move on to events now, and uh, uh, this is, uh, you know, Workers' Power Events, and uh, there's uh, been a, a rally at uh, a BIDA, um, Eight Years No Freedom. Charlotte, you're going to talk yes. us through this. Okay, so the plan is to gather near BIDA with the location to be advised, where workers will rally, then march on the detention centre. For many of those in Baita, the 19th of July marks the end of their eighth year and the beginning of their ninth year in detention. Eight years. Eight years of torture, imprisonment, being shifted from concentration camp to concentration camp. Eight years, no crime, no trial, no justice. When will it end? The government doesn't want to end it, and they never will unless we make them do it. We made them free more than 50 people last year. 
We made them shut shut the concentration camp at 721 Main Street, Kangaroo Point. We made them bring that family back from Christmas Island. We can make them do this too. Right on, we we can with workers' power. With workers' power, well done. Can I just add, some of these asylum seekers that have come over, they came over when they were young men or or young teenagers. I, I managed to speak with one over the phone at the blockade last year who told me that he was my age. And he told me this while in detention. He told me he came over to Australia when he was 15. So he spent the last half of his teenage years and his, his, his young adult years in detention. I've been thinking about everything that's happened to me between now and when I was 15. I graduated high school. I got a job. I've, I've experienced so much. I've made friends. I've, I've lost friends. He's not had that opportunity. He's been in detention for those very important years. So just being able to like think about the people in detention, exactly what they have missed over this eight and soon nine years of their life. That's unfair. Very yep. unfair. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, they were your age and, 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 and in detention, which is um, terrible. Terrible. This is why we should all come as a community and put a stop to this because it's just becoming unfair. Right on, yeah. Sunday, 18th of July uh, at 12 uh, 12 o'clock. So that's that's a couple of Sundays away. I thought that was this weekend. But uh, no, (laughs) so you've got a couple of weeks to plan. We will remind you again on uh, Workers' Power here again next week. So that's Sunday, 18th of July uh, out at Beta. Um, we will get the uh, exact uh, street address uh, for you next week as well. Um, uh, so where the, the location is to be advised, I'll, I'll, we, we will find out where that is, if we can, because they might want to be keeping it secret from... Yeah, from, but it'll from be somewhere near uh, Beta or Bida, and that's near the airport. Near, yeah, so it's, it's in that kind of area. We are calling on you as a community to come and help out, so please come and support us and do this. That's right. Well, well said. Well, Sonic Masala, which is on August fourteenth, uh, Brisbane's favourite day festival is back, lining up for the eighth straight year for Triple Z. Sonic Sherpa, Backbone, Young Henrys, and Zhang Records present Sonic Masala Fest twenty twenty one. Come down to our new home at Backbone for another day of mates, music, beers, bands and bloody good times. <laughs> Roll on down and get amongst it. People fought for your right to party, so it's our responsibility to honour them. Yeah. This year's lineup includes old and new favourites, a country practice, the ancient bloods, Cint- CNT even... Coal Falls, Dental Plan, The Double Happiness, Full Power Happy Hour, Gold Stars, Head Lice, Lacquer Daisies, Last Last Quarker, Local Authority, Minor Premiers, Mitch Please, MJ O'Neill, Plaster of Paris, uh, Relay Tapes, Spirit Bunny and Turnpike. God, that's it. I tell you what. What a great lineup! Just on today's show, we have played one, two, and I've got another two lined up of bands from that. Uh, so uh, that that, fe- that that festival. So uh, yes, I think that we should get tickets and we should head on out there. And uh, yes, our our comrades from Last Quaker are 
definitely looking uh, forward to it. I've been chatting with them and um, helping them organise to come on over. And stay tuned for a special headline, um, and a co-headline, I reckon, Ooh. with mm. uh, Last Quaker and Workers' Power. Four triple Z. That's right. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, to, you know, we'll be. Uh, and you just got a little bit of a tip. It will hopefully we'll be announcing in the next uh, week or so um, a very very special uh, uh, event with them. Okay, we're going to. We've got two more events to talk about. Uh, Calypso, can you talk us through General Mills' strike? Absolutely. We've been keeping you up to date on this story over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the General Mill Strikes United Workers Union is calling all unions and unionists to join the striking workers in their third week on strike against giant corporation General Mills, makers of Old El Paso and Latina Fresh Pasta. General Mills has shown nothing but contempt for these workers, so we are asking for unions to join the workers for a solidarity rally in the morning of Wednesday, June 23, in Rudy Hill, New South Wales. Workers are fighting for a reasonable 3% pay rise and to stop all cuts to their hard-won conditions. General Mills is not backing down, so let's show them how much fight this movement has. That's 8am, June 23, 16 Kellogg Road, Rudy Hill, New South Wales. Tomorrow, so if you're going to be in the western suburbs of Sydney tomorrow, well, that, well geez, it'd be great to be down there because... Uh, Relatively speaking, especially if you're a Queenslander, Rudy Hill is uh, very, very close to Parramatta. Absolutely. It's very close. It's like a few suburbs They've been on strike for three weeks now. That's a big deal. Yeah. Good on them. It's a big strike. Yeah. Don't see too many of those around, and they're, like, keeping it up. They are, yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, this is a a community event. So, uh, it's uh, you know, they're asking for the community to get out there and show some solidarity. And sometimes uh, these uh, workers, when when you go and show solidarity, you don't have to do anything. You just turn up, and, and the other workers are just... Oh, thanks for coming down, man. Really appreciate it. And so that's all you need to do. You, you, yeah. you just need to be there, right? Eh? Even just show wave. up with like, like some maybe some fruit and some water for the people striking. If you can't donate your full time, maybe just show up to like you know give them give them a fresh fresh bottle of water or something to replenish them and show them you care. I, I remember once at. Um, at Kangaroo Point, when it was uh, uh, it was in its early stages, yeah. and we, we we did we did a workers' power, and then and then I headed out to Kangaroo Point, and someone came running up to me, and they go, "Hey, Bill, see that tr- that guy in the truck over there? He he heard about us uh, this on on four triple Z." Oh yeah, I remember that. And so, the, so, and he just stopped in for, for it was just a truck driver on work. He was driving past. He stopped in for for like ten minutes. He wouldn't have been there ten minutes. Yeah. But him being there and stopping was one of the biggest things of the day for for all those activists being there. Yeah. A truck driver heard it on four triple Z, stopped in, said g'day, good on yous. And then kept going, you know. That, that's all you need to do sometimes. Solidarity, is, it's, it's not that hard, you know. Everyone can do it. I had a similar experience at the blockade. I was uh, doing, like, shift manager on this one shift, so I was in the HQ. When someone came into the HQ and was like, 
oh, hey, who do I talk to about donations? And I was like, oh, well, what do you want to donate? He was this 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 bald man in like a fancy suit with an expensive watch looking guy. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit worried that he's like an undercover or something. He doesn't really <laughs> fit the description in most of the ferals at the blockade. Uh, but, but he was like, is there anything I can buy for you guys? I'm a very, very busy man. You know, I can't donate my time, but is there something I could, I could buy to help you keep going? So I, I quickly scrambled to grab whoever was nearby to come up with suggestions. And we told him, could you, could you buy us some new walkie-talkies? Like some properly working walkie-talkies. And he was like, yep, done. And then he like gave me his number and drove away. Mm. Yep, nice. that's it. <laughs> and, and, and it it makes, felt amazing. Yeah, contribute where you can if that's time. Well, yeah, contribute time. If you haven't got time and you've got, got some funds, go, you know, chuck in, donate. And, uh, you know, or, 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 yeah, bring bring water, uh, you know, you know, ma- you know, make anything, you know, that uh, um, can, can just show what you can contribute to, to the community that are standing up and fighting back. Yeah. Okay, we've got one more event here to talk about, and this is a, this is a big event for, for Workers' Power and for Triple Z. It's the Recklink Community Cup, which is on the 25th of July. Chock full of family-friendly entertainment with live music, bars, food trucks, and the uh, Aussie Rules match that pits musicians against media to raise funds to support disadvantaged Australians. Brisbane Recklick Community Cup is back, taking place Sunday, July 25th at the Everton Wolves Junior AFC ground in Inogra, Memorial Park, Inogra. So come and watch the Rocking Horses, which is the musicians, take on the Brisbane Lions, community radio and media, in a memorable and fun game of Aussie rules football. Featuring players from a diverse array of Brisbane bands, including The Church, Wax, Dead Letters Circus, Birds of Takeo, Sweater Curse, Tape Off, Flanger Panties, Bottle Cock, Orlando Furious, Undead Apes, Gaza Strips, Shag Rock, Vela Craptor, and Velo- many Velo- yes. Velociraptor, <laughs> Velociraptor, <laughs> Velociraptor. <laughs> cra- yeah, and many more pitted against a motley ensemble of four Triple Z stalwarts, media moguls, music labels, and orgs in Brisbane. It is sure to be a great game. Yeah. Now, most of all, you will see class consciousness. Yeah. As Bill from work, that's me. Who, who's Bill from Workers Power? Bill from Workers Power for Triple Z. And Alexis from uh, 4ZZZ's Pineapple Rebellion, which is on at Fridays at 9am. Go check them out. Exert unbiased worker rule as the umpires for the day. Unbiased. I would just like to say... Both these umpires appear to be from the same media outlet that, yes. that one of the teams is <laughs> they from. Are. They are. So, uh, yeah, yes, so it won't be rigged at all. No. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, there's, yeah. there's live performances on the day from uh, Betty Ray's uh, Mela Luca and uh, the Double Happiness. Look, it's it. Uh, I, I, I was the umpire uh, at the last one, which was two years ago now because of uh, COVID. But it's a really, really, really good day. It's real fun. Everyone um, uh, plays in in in, in the um, in the right uh, attitude. And um, I've I've I was an umpire in my past, so I used to do it on on uh, weekends and things like that. At one stage, it actually it, it was the only income that I was actually earning. Oh, 
up. Yeah, so um, it, it did um, help my family out being an AFL umpire. Um, but uh, I, I quite enjoy it, and I like to give back, so I, I'm going to give back. I haven't got much money to give, so I've got a bit of time. So uh, Sunday, July 25th, uh, you'll see me running around with uh, short shorts and, uh, <laughs> and an yeah. orange, short, uh, orange was, shirt. I was going to say, how could a radio presenter be an umpire with no experience? Uh, oh, no, yeah, you've I'm, got the experience. I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've done it. I've done it well over a decade of it. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. It's a good day. And then and then uh, it'll be drinks at Neverworld afterwards. That's that's probably the part I'm looking forward yeah. to the most. Uh, we've, got to, we've got to support our uh, four triple Z sponsors and, and the like. And, um, yeah, Kevin Herbin says, Reckling Cup is the best footy game of the year and can't wait to be there. Thanks for uh, messaging in, Kevin. And we're uh, at the end of another episode of uh, Workers' Power, which means uh, all we've got left to do is Scallywag of the Week. All right, I might rip through this one. It's uh, after last week's safety alert for CFMEU members working on a Morris Property Group's Wharf Street site, the job was shut down again after a section of a Rio reinforced steel fell from heights onto the second hoist with the operator inside. This follows the incident with the other hoist a couple of days ago after a screen lift snagged and the hoist's external doors plummeted 10 storeys. A 30-centimetre lump of steel falling half a dozen storeys will cause a fair bit of damage to the human body if it hits. putting it lightly. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good scallywag this week. Some builders just refuse to learn until it's too late. And for that, Barry Morris of the Morris Property Group wins our Scallywag of the Week award. What a scallywag. That's right. <laughs> Definitely. Oh and, my God. and uh yeah, yes, these bosses and um it's a very dangerous industry uh, the construction industry and mm. a, a 30 centimeter lump of steel falling 10 stories. Ooh. It's not going to end well. That's why Especially you need the union that keep you safe. That's right. Yeah. You need a union, you know. Unions are... Uh, they're not, it's not just about money. It's about safety and working conditions and the like. So, yes, uh, good on the CFMEU for standing up for their members and uh, shame on you, Barry Morris of the Morris <laughs> Property Group, you scallywag. Should have gotten health Rob. insurance. Yeah. <laughs> right, oh, well, that's, that's our show done for for today well thank you very much to to our work experience workers uh charlotte and and will uh who've made their radio debut today uh make we'll, we'll give you links and and you, you can play that for your for your parents and your <laughs> yes. family and anyone else Any, yeah anyone yeah that's a great idea dinner tonight or will be that but thank you so much and, and look thank you for being brave and giving it a go that's yeah. the main thing Thanks um you did us. really really well so uh um you, you if you want it there's a career in radio beckoning for you (laughs) (laughs) right well that's it for us another another show uh um tune in next week uh, where we've got uh i haven't i'm hoping to uh talk to um i can australia in in regards to uh they're a, a a a Peace uh, um, uh, uh, organisation activists and stuff like that. So I'll um, I'll follow up with that. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, we will uh, see you at next Tuesday here on Workers Power on Four Triple Z.
What if your boss said you're going to work to tear up the planet because you're fucking berserk? What if your boss said to knock down the trees to bomb civilians and then spread the disease? Would you say, fuck, fuck that, I'm not going to work and rock the foundations of the capital works? Or would you just recede and proceed to wait with your shoulder burdened from the pain and the weight? Back in the 70s on the east coast, builders, laborers were like burning toast in the kitchen of the fucking elite. Vietnam protest every two weeks, shit hit the fan, it was getting deep. A wolf was the system and the people were sheep. Trade unions were busting a move in defense of the right of the people to groove to their own tune. And I mean that funk, not the half-baked cooked up conveyor of junk. Fair pay and not dying at work. 36 hours a week on their turf, falling off the towers or getting buried in cement. These were the things a weak union meant. So you can be damn sure they wanted every cent of the enterprise bargain worked out in the tent. And when A.V. Jennings wanted Kelly's bush, they told him to shove it and get fucked off the books. And despite the bad press and the filthy looks, they decided that they'd still try to battle the crooks. They battled the crooks, they battled the crooks, the BLF, they battled the crooks, they battled the crooks, they battled the crooks, the BLF, they battled the crooks, they battled the crooks, they battled the crooks, the BLF, they battled the crooks, that's the BLF, green bins, that's the way to take on the system, man, yeah, the BLF, green bins, that's the way to take on the system, man, yeah, the BLF, green bins, that's the way to take on the system, man, yeah, the BLF. Green bins, that's the way to take on the system. Trade unions busting a move. The work bans spread all across the city. 40 work sites were barred without pity. Stop the concrete, break the poor, hold up the project till you give us some more. More pay, more safety gear and meal time. And pay the migrants the same, your shit slime. Women on the job and as the union leaders. Cut gender stereotypes like meat cleavers. Black band actions to save the block. Pink bands telling homophobes to back off. Green bands to protect the parks and to save big markets for the working class. Three billion dollars worth of shit on hold and that's no mean feat in the era of Cold War. Anti-communist fear that the Soviets weren't calling the shots here. Genuine revolutionary action, not just slogans but lots of traction. Grassroots union rank of fall, the BL's going that extra mark. That's the BLF, green bands, that's the way to take on the system, man. The BLF, green bands, that's the way to take on the system, man. Yeah, the BLF. Green bins, that's the way to take on the system. The BLF, green bins, that's the way to take on the system. Trade unions busting a move. The ABCC is a Gestapo, they never ever want it to happen again, you know. Green bins fucking the system up. The capital elite want to keep the corrupt. So how it made these Nazi cops to go to work sites and lock down the block. They rebadged it down to labour. You could change your name, but it's still the same union decimator. Tony Abbott bought the old name back. Put the head kickers in and now they're on the attack. 40 grand if you go on strike and no right to silence if they ask you questions like You want to rat on your mates and cause strife when a Spanish inquisition in your personal life? Fuck that, Gestapo have got to go The real criminals are the CEOs telling the libs and the ALP what to do Like when they ban the BLF, true, yeah, true lies the ALP kind They're just another liberal party in my mind Real right to work, you gotta scrap the system. Wherever you work, you gotta join your union. 
them to snap into action And if they don't, you need to sack them Voting a new generation Workband strikes and industrial action Give the corporations a complication Give the corporations a complication The big LF Green bins, that's the way to take on the system, man The big LF Green bins, that's the way to take on the system, man The big LF Green bins, that's the way to take on the system The big LF Green bins, that's the way to take on the system Imagine green bins in coal-fired power stations Causing blackouts across the nation To coincide with the climate rallies Shutting shit down from the city to the valley No coal going out of the ports Cause the miners and the wharfies have got other thoughts BLF Green bins, we gotta do it again for climate action man. The big LF Green bins, that's the way to take on the system man. The big LF Green bins, that's the way to take on the system The big LF Green bins, that's the way to take on the system, man. The big LF. Green 